Now, if I say the best-selling book of all time, you answer, what is the Bible? If I say the football team to win the most playoff games without ever winning the Super Bowl, you answer, who are the Minnesota Vikings? Right. And if I say the most watched broadcast TV show last season, you answer, what is Jeopardy? Jeopardy has been on TV since 1964 with its unusual twist on trivia questions. Instead of the contestants providing the answer, Jeopardy provides the answer, and the contestant provides the question. And in a strange way, that's how the biblical prophecies surrounding Christmas work. They work in reverse. Only when you know Jesus do you see how he fulfills the long-awaited prophecies. Who is Jesus is the question to the trivia answer. Now last week we heard of the angel telling Joseph that his fiancée Mary was not a cheater, but that she would conceive a son by the Holy Spirit who would save people from their sins. And Matthew notes... All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you know what prophet he was quoting? Who is Isaiah? Isaiah 7, verse 14 to be exact. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. Now it seems so very clear here. How could anyone not have been waiting for Mary to have Jesus? How could anyone not have realized that Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us? How could anyone even today read that prophecy given 700 years before Christmas and not be amazed how clearly Jesus is the answer to Isaiah's prophecy. But like I said, Jesus is the question more than the answer. It starts with Jesus and looks back. When you ask, like Matthew and, and Luke and all the early Christians did, who is Jesus? It's easy to see that he is a manual of Isaiah's prophecy the virgin's child, God with us. But if you ask it the other way around, who is Emmanuel, then it's not so clear. Have you ever read the rest of, of chapter 7 of Isaiah? It doesn't appear to have anything to do with the birth of the Savior of the world. It starts out this way. When Ahaz, son of Jothan, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah... King Rezin of Aram and Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. And then it goes on, and God tells Isaiah to reassure King Ahaz to be careful, keep calm, and don't be afraid, because those invading kings won't succeed. And he tells Ahaz to ask for a sign that everything was going to be all right. And Ahaz refuses, 
So God says he's going to give him a sign anyway. And that's where it says, Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David. Is it not enough to try the patience of humans? You will try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel. Where's Mary and Joseph and the angels and Bethlehem? It's all about kings and battles and ancient history. What does any of that have to do with Christmas? See, that's the problem when you treat biblical prophecy as the question and then start looking for an answer. It's not so clear, and you may jump to the wrong conclusion. This is the season of Advent, and during Advent, of course, the church is looking forward to the celebration of Christ's first coming as a child in Bethlehem. But the church has also used this Advent time to look forward to the second coming, the second advent of Jesus when he returns to judge the quick and the dead, as the Apostles' Creed puts it. So not only are the Old Testament biblical prophecies appropriate for the season, so are the New Testament prophecies of Christ's return. And since Christ's return is in the future, reading the prophecies of his return today is just like people reading Isaiah before Jesus. If you look at the prophecies as trivia questions and then look to find answers to all the trivia of Christ's return, well, it can drive you crazy. Either that or make you a lot of money selling books. In the 1970s, there was a Bible. Uh, the Bible, as always, was the, the best-selling book. But the number two bestseller for the decade was a book about Bible prophecy. Prophecy. Can you imagine that today? The number two best-selling nonfiction book was a book of Bible prophecy about the return of Christ in the end times. It was called The Late Great Planet Earth by Hal Lindsey. And he made a fortune claiming to find the answer to biblical prophecies in the current events of the 1970s. The Cold War and the Soviet Union, the wars in Israel, disco... All signs of the apocalypse. No, I made up the disco part. <laughs> but when you go in this direction and see Bible prophecy as the question and then try to plug in your own answers, you get all sorts of odd results. In the Bible, the book of Revelation has the most familiar prophecies of the end times and Christ's return. And it uses mysterious images to convey its message making it possible to come up with, with an endless list of questions to answer. Like, who is the beast from Revelation 13 whose number is 666? What is Babylon the Great whose fall causes the heavens to break forth in the hallelujah choruses of Revelation 19? And are either of these related to the Antichrist that, talks, that John talks about in his letter? You know, over the centuries, people have claimed to know the answer to who the Antichrist is. I just uh, saw a news report that, that uh, on Russian television, they were debating whether President Zelensky is the Antichrist or whether he is just a demon. 
I don't watch Russian television, so I can't tell you what the answer was to that. But, but people have come up with all sorts of answers to, to who is the Antichrist. Some say it was the Roman emperor. Others, no, no, it's the bishop of Rome. No, it's the Soviet Union. No, it's Iran. Now Russia or China or President Obama or President Trump or, or Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Or, or here's my favorite that I saw this week. The Antichrist is the Pope who is working on a secret plan hatched back in 1962 to eliminate Christmas. And now it's all clear, the Antichrist is the Grinch. <laughs> Starting with the biblical prophecy as a question to be solved can keep us busy all day long, but it's really not very profitable. One day it will all make perfect sense. When Christ returns, we'll say, of course, it was all there in the prophecies. But the reality is Christ's second coming will be a surprise just like his first one, even with all the prophecy. In Acts chapter 1, as Jesus prepares to ascend into heaven until his second coming, he tells the early church that was anxious to know when he was going to set up his kingdom here on earth, he tells them this. It's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. We want to know the dates and the times and, and all the other trivia about the second coming of Christ. But the important thing is that he will come. And as the Hallelujah Chorus in Revelation 19 says, then the kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever, King of kings and Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's go back to the first coming again. And look at how even John the Baptist applies the Jeopardy method to understanding Jesus. Last week when, when we heard about Mary discovering her pregnancy, or that she was going to become pregnant with Jesus, we heard her then celebrate this wonderful work of God in her life with a song called the Magnificat, My Soul Magnifies the Lord. And she's speaking to her cousin Elizabeth, who is also pregnant, but three months ahead of her. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. And he's born a few months before Jesus, and he will pave the way for the Christ. And by the way, John is also spoken of in Matthew's prophecy, in, in Isaiah's prophecy. In Matthew chapter 3, it says this In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. 
a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's mission is to prepare the way for the Messiah. But then when John is arrested, he begins to worry that maybe he's got the wrong guy. And he sends two of his friends to Jesus to ask him who he is. Are you the one we've been waiting for? Matthew 11 tells us this. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. John starts with the question, who is Jesus? And Jesus' reply may seem like he's just describing what he's doing, but it's more than that. He's pointing back to the prophecies of Isaiah. I am the one, Jesus says, I am the one who heals the blind and the deaf, like in Isaiah 35. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. I'm the one who preaches good news to the poor, like Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. John, you want to know who I am? Just look. I'm the one who is fulfilling the prophecies. I am the fulfillment of God's promises. Or to put it in Jeopardy's terms, this person fulfills God's promises in Isaiah, who is Jesus. All the Christmas prophecies work this way. Jesus is the question, and the prophecies are the answer. Who is Jesus? He's the child of Bethlehem in Micah 5, 2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Who is Jesus? He is the shoot from the stump of Jesse in Isaiah 11. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, and from his roots a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb. The leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And a little child will lead them. Who is Jesus? He's all of these prophecies, the fulfillment. He is the Prince of Peace of Isaiah 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there'll be no end. 
He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Who is Jesus? He is Emmanuel from Isaiah 7. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and we'll call him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. God with us. Remember like in Jeopardy, it, it works a lot better when you put it in the form of a question. Who is Jesus? Rather than making Jesus the answer to all of our trivia questions. There's the old joke about Billy in Sunday school. Why is it always Billy? Let, let's make it Emma. Okay. Emma's Sunday school teacher was trying to get the kids to guess what she was describing. What's gray, climbs trees, has a bushy tail, and eats nuts? Emma raises her hand and says, I know. It sounds like a squirrel, but since this is church, it must be Jesus. <laughs> and I'd say, no, Emma, it's a squirrel. The answer may not always be Jesus, but the question always is. The question is, who is Jesus? And so I ask you, who is Jesus for you? Is he your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father, your Prince of Peace? Is he your King of Kings and Lord of Lords, your Emmanuel? Your Jesus, your Savior, that's the question. And the answer to that question will have to come from you. So this is my challenge to you this Advent season, to discover who Jesus is again. And if that means for you, reading all of those biblical prophecies again that we looked at, then do it. If it means reading about his life there in the Gospels, then do that. If it means attending special worship services or, or special musical events, like we have coming up on Friday with, with Craig and, and his friends, well, then do that. If discovering Jesus again for you means sitting in the dark, just looking at the flicker of a candle or the gleam of the lights on the Christmas tree and asking Christ to come into your heart and reveal himself to you, then do it. And if it means serving the least and the lost, the lonely and the left out, where Jesus is often found, then go do that. Discover again who Jesus is. And don't worry about details like when Jesus will return. Just remember that he will. He is the fulfillment of God's promises about the first coming, and he will fulfill God's promises of the second. And in the meantime, just do what he told the disciples to do. Be his witnesses. Witness to who he is. So when the world asks, who is Jesus? Be ready to tell them, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He is my Prince of Peace. He is my mighty God. He is my Savior. He is my Lord, who loves me so much. Who is Jesus? The question for you and for the world.
Let us pray. Jesus, sometimes we get caught up in a lot of details. And there, there is so much to, to read in the Bible. There's so much to be learned about you. There's so many questions that run through our minds. But, but remind us that really it all starts with you. And that knowing you and loving you and following you will discover the answers. to reveal yourself again to us this Christmas season and to enter our hearts and lives. If our minds are closed to you, open them up. If our hearts are hardened or weary, refresh them by the presence of your Spirit. So we can not only look forward to celebrating your first Advent, but your second as well trusting that, that you are the fulfillment of all these prophecies of God. We pray this in your holy name. Amen.